Hey everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today, I will have what will be a little bit of a longer episode. Um, I will be giving my personal CAA predictions and reacting and discussing to the CAA preseason honors that came out at today's virtual media day, as well as giving my thoughts on the league's new name change. But before we get into this episode, here's a quick word from today's sponsor. Let's get right back into it, and let's start with the CAA preseason offensive and defensive players of the year. On the offensive side of the ball, it is Jaden Schryden from Monmouth. Um, as a sophomore, which was last year, he rushed for 1,722 yards with 13 touchdowns for Monmouth and um, ended up leading the entire FCS nation in, rush in rushing um, for nine out of the 11 weeks of the football season which is pretty incredible, um, earned himself an All-American status. And, um, you know, he's going to definitely gonna pick up another load this year now that Tony Musket is gone from the quarterback position. Um, Monmouth looks like it's going to shift into more of a running team now. So um, we'll see if he picks up even more production than he did the season prior. Um, and moving on to defensive preseason player of the year, and that is a guy I know very well, and he goes by the name of John Pius. Another All-American linebacker from um, William & Mary, he had 11 and a half sacks, 19 tackles for loss, and 72 total tackles in the 2022 season. Um, you know, def definitely had his breakout year. Um, him and Nate Lynn, both on the line, created kind of an unblockable um, an unblockable duo, I would really say. And uh, Pius uh, really worked hard in the offseason and ended up uh, coming out as a star. He ended up finishing second in voting for FCS Defensive Player of the Year. So, um, you know, de definitely, definitely had probably the best season of his life to that point. Um, and we'll see if he can do even better this year. Now moving on to preseason all CAA defense, which is which is highlighted by five uh, tribe players. Um, you know, Nate Lynn, obviously on the defensive line, um, our two best linebackers, John Pius, Isaiah Jones, and then our two um, very high level cornerbacks in Jalen Jones and Ryan Poole. Um, overall, um, this list looks pretty accurate to me. Uh, I think. You know, we saw last year that New Hampshire had those two def great defensive linemen, and they both made the list, as well as Richmond um, getting their their highlights in uh, each position, one at uh, defensive line, one at linebacker, and one at safety. So very accurate, I think. And, you know, it, it's pretty evident that the teams that won a lot last year are going to have a bunch of good players um, in this all-CAA list. Um, and I think, you know, part of that has to be that they all have really great head coaches who are able to not only keep them away from the portal when they, when certainly a handful of them could be going to probably higher level schools in terms of football, but um, just, just shows how they can develop the, those players and, um, you know, make them better each and every year. And now moving on to offense, which I know a little bit more about than defense. I'm more of an offensive guy, but... I know a lot of people are as well. Um, 
this only highlighted by two tribe players, um, soon to be more, I believe, next year. I think Darius Wilson will make the list next year. Uh, he was an honorable mention this year. But the two players that made the list are uh, offensive lineman Charles Grant and running back Bronson Yoder, two very deserving players. Um, you know, Charles Grant kind of under the radar because we had Kobe uh, Soresdale last year. But I think he's going to have uh, – a great season because he's going to kind of be like the star offensive lineman and he'll get the credit he deserves this year. And Bronson Yoder, um, just a household name, you know, he's a super senior. I believe this is his fifth year on the squad. Um, ju just untackleable. I know I made that word up, but it's true. He, you just It takes at least two guys to bring him down. Um, just a force to be reckoned with on the offensive side of the ball. Overall, I'm pretty happy with this list as well. I think Max Brosmer, uh, the quarterback from New Hampshire, is a really solid player, and uh, he doesn't or he does deserve to be on this list, um, especially there. And then, um, looking at the wide receiver lists, I, I completely agree. Jordan Townsend, Demir Miller, and Jaron Hank. We didn't get to play against Demir Miller because he was on Monmouth last year, and we did not play them this. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't play him last year, but we did get to play against those other two receivers uh, on Villanova and Delaware, and those those guys definitely made it a little bit difficult um, to defend. Um, otherwise, I think the line and the offensive line is great, um, and the tight ends and stuff are are also pretty good. So I mostly I agree with pretty much all of the uh, all CAA teams. Now moving on to probably what will be the longest portion of today's episode, and that is the preseason poll. Um, you know, during media day, the coaches all voted, and unanimous—not unanimously—there um, was two votes for other schools. But William Mary had 13 out of the 15 first-place votes, and is picked to finish first in the CAA this year. Um, I, you know, I think everybody agrees with that. Um, you know, I know they shared the CAA title last year with New Hampshire, but they easily could have gone unbeaten in the league and even unbeaten in the regular season if they hadn't, uh, you know, dropped a very winnable game against Elon. But that's besides the point. Um, you know, our coaches' polls are very – or our um, respective polls are very, very different. Um, I think we are kind of similar in a lot of key places, a lot of, you know, this, this is – probably like set in stone but then there's a lot of places in between I would say the two and the seven spot where we where we're kind of like a kind of a lot mixed up I'll be completely honest but um you know as you can see we both have William and Mary um at the top of the preseason poll um number two I had Rhode Island um and this is kind of one of my big talking points as they had Rhode Island at the sixth spot I think you know, R Rhode Island didn't have a phenomenal year last year. They missed the playoff. Yes, that that's ju that's just the ugly truth. But I think under seventh-year quarterback, seventh year, yep, you heard that right, Kasim Hill, um, they will end up taking the next step and becoming a. You know, I don't I don't want to call them a team that has a deep has a run at a deep uh, a deep run in the playoffs, but. He, they are definitely a team that can be great inside the CAA, and I think they will take that next step this year. Um, you know, they they do return a lot of really really solid players, 
um, on both sides of the ball. And, again, them, the NCAA granting Kasim Hill an extra year of eligibility is really going to benefit them because they would be in a completely different spot in my, ma- in my mind and probably in the voters' mind, too, if they did not have him uh, for another year. So um, I think it all comes together, and they end up dropping one game along the road. Also, I made prediction edits for every single CAA team. So if you want to go check those out, if you want to go debate me, because um, you know th- there's there has been a lot of debate over Twitter with one of my videos, the NCAA and T video in particular. But um, go check them out. They're all on my Twitter page at Evan underscore Mangin. Um, so go check those out. Give them a like. Um, yeah, and let let me know what you think about those. They're also on Instagram if you want to check them out uh, at the William and Mary Sports Podcast. Um, anyway, that that was one of my main talking points. Um, I think Rhode Island is gonna be kind of an under the radar team, and they will end up um, being, as I predicted, one of three seven and one teams in the league. Um, which may may be a little inaccurate, but we'll see. Uh, you saw the preseason poll last year, and that did not turn out at all as what um, people were expecting. They had William Mary at five, I think, and there was they had like one first place vote or something, and you know they ended up winning the league. Um, anyway, though, another big talking point for me uh, is Villanova. Uh, very similar to what they had as Rhode Island here. Um, Villanova finishing seventh, while I have them finishing in fourth. But I think the difference is like. They probably have Villanova as like a five and three team in the league, or like a six and two team in the league. I have them as one of as another one of my seven and one teams in the league. Um, I think last year was a very very rare down year. Uh, that team was um, picked to finish first in the league at the, in, in the preseason uh, poll. Um, I, excuse me. I think they have uh, a lot of potential. A, a lot of potential, and you know, you saw that in their um, in the all CAA offensive section. Um, you know, you could say two guys on there isn't a lot, but it's a, a lot compared to other teams. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of there's a good chunk of schools who don't have one player on this list, and to have two in just one side of the ball is pretty good to me. Um, and so, you know, their wide receivers have always been good, always been a problem, especially for William & Mary. But they have always been a problem um, in, in a good way for them, I mean. But, you know, I think I think it was just kind of a rare down year. They, ha- they had pr- pretty much the same schedule as William & Mary last year. And it I will be honest, it was not an easy schedule. And William & Mary, if got the pretty good side of it, having like a lot of the important games at home. Um, obviously, William Mary upset Villanova the year prior when we went six and five, and they were like number three or something in the nation, which was like complete shock. But um, still, uh, I think it was a rare down year, and I think they'll back bounce back pretty nicely and end up having themselves a good season and pot- potentially, um, well, in my predictions, get into the playoffs. Um, another big talking point for me was Elon. Now, let me get this straight. I don't think Elon is going to be bad necessarily, like they're going to have a huge drop-off. But I did look at their schedule, and this league is going to be brutal this year. It, I wouldn't go as far to say that it's going to be harder than it was last year, 
but it's not going to be much worse if it is at all. So, um, you know, you look at their schedule, they've got, oh my gosh, they have so many, so many really, really tough games, and um, I think, you know, especially with their FBS schedule being difficult, it's not going to help them either in that um, aspect, and I think, you know, they, they dropped pretty heavily from where they were last year, especially with losing their star quarterback to the draft. Um, he didn't get drafted, but he did actually end up getting a deal with, I believe, the Patriots it was. I saw this on Twitter the other day. I don't remember, but I think it was the Patriots. But losing that guy, definitely not going to be easy for them. Um, and I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like a down year and where they'll, they'll, they'll bounce back the year after, but just just a really tough schedule, and um, you know I don't I don't think they'll rise to the occasion this year. And finally, my major talking point is Campbell. Um, they in the preseason poll voted on by the coaches. They had Campbell finishing twelfth, and I had Campbell finishing seventh. Um, you know, pretty monumental difference. And for me, this is kind of like a hot take, like even for me. Um, this is kind of going to be one of those things where if I, you know, get it in that range, it's going to be like in your face. Um, obviously, not a Campbell fan. We play them our first game of the season, and we will beat them. But, um, I, you know, you, you, there's been a lot of hype around their recruiting as of late. You know, they, they have a four-star quarterback with them. This will be his second year, his sophomore year. They, um, the year prior... Um, they had the number one recruiting class in the FCS. They brought in 20 transfers, um, mostly from the FBS level. So, you know, it's not, it's not lack of talent over there. Um, um, you know, we don't, there's still some question marks in the development category for them. Um, you know, they have really, really good talent. That's not, that's not up for question. It's just, you know, can they all work together, and can the coaching staff develop them properly to be the team that they want to be? And that, you know, that's kind of the question. They, you know, they didn't have a fantastic season last year. That that's just the truth. I believe they went five and six, um, and you know, they're joining a conference that's harder. It, it just is. This is a top two conference, in my opinion. And I may be a little bit biased, but I've heard other. Other people call it top two conference in the FCS. Um, while I do think they do develop well enough to a certain extent, I don't believe they're going to be a high-level team. Like, I don't believe if they play, for instance, if they play us or if they play Richmond or Delaware, I don't think they will fare that well in that game. I don't think they will keep it that very close. But – if you look at their schedule, their schedule is made up of those, you know, bottom half teams like NCANT, Towson, Hampton, all those guys. And, you know, um, they, they do have a couple tough matchups, and they will lose those. But, um, you know, I think with their schedule being a little bit easier than some of the other teams, um, they'll, they'll get the wins that they should, maybe drop a one, maybe drop a game that they shouldn't, but end up finishing about middle of the pack in the CAA. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's pretty much it for me on the poll. Um, you know, towards the bottom, you know, that we may have had teams one or two places lower and one or two places higher, but overall, um, I think ours are pretty similar just without, just a little bit different with who we think is finishing top four versus who we think is finishing, you know, in the five to seven range.
And finally, I want to address the recent name change of the CAA from the Colonial Athletic Association to the Coastal Athletic Association. Now, um, over social media, I've seen mixed opinions on this, but one trend, I posted a tweet like this, but one trend I did see was how fans of longtime member teams like William & Mary, like Elon, like Delaware, like those type of area teams, um, and their fans don't really like the change, me included. I do not like it at all. Um, but like new teams, like NCANT, Campbell, all those guys, like Charleston, I know they're not football, but um, all those guys like the name change. And um, I think, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely because, you know, they either haven't had the history in this league or they're only like a one-sport league team, like Charleston, UNC, UNCW. I've seen, bo- I've seen uh, fans of both schools been express their um, happiness with the de- with this decision. And obviously, they both don't have football teams, so they're not a part of this, um, this the football conference. So you know, it, it's team, it's teams like Elon, Delaware, William and Mary, those guys who are part of the CAA, pretty much all around that aren't really a fan of this change. Um, as I said just a second ago, I personally hate the name change. Um, I believe the new name is very, very basic and unoriginal. Kind of, I've heard from friends recently that it feels like we are copying either the um, American Athletic, or yeah, American Athletic Conference or the Atlantic Coast Conference, which honestly, as I don't want to admit that it's true. It does just seem like we did that, and um, you know, I I really just kind of like the Colonial, uh, not for for many reasons, but one of them being that it was, um, you know, it kind of made us unique, um, in a sense, and gave us like a historical um, part of the conference, I guess you could say. Um, also, I don't want to bash the CAA completely. Um, you know, I'm still happy that we have the same initials, you could say. And um, I can see, like, looking at the other side of the story, I can see why they may have wanted the name change because it doesn't really represent a good chunk of the teams in the conference and how, you know, I know this conference is always changing and always evolving. So I can I can understand the other side of the story. I personally just don't like it, and that's not going to change. And I, and I am fine, like, I'm fine with that, you know. I, it's not in my control, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much, but just something I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, kind of my last comment is I, I feel like uh, the CAA made, made this decision a little bit more out of kind of political correctness, um, that kind of stuff, over like actually, you know, in their video, they said that they were changing it kind of because of how widespread the teams were in the league, you know, spreading from North Carolina, uh, like like south area of North Carolina, all the way up to Maine, which is in the top corner of the U.S. Um, I just, I, I don't really believe that. I think it was more just to, you know, be be better safe than sorry. You know, they don't they don't want to have to pull a thing where like, okay, I'm the Cleveland Indians, and that is not like that's not politically correct. So. I'm going to, like, like people are going to come in and try to pressure us into changing the name. I don't think they wanted that, and so I think they went ahead and did it without 
having to get in trouble first, if if that makes sense. Um, you know, I don't really think that's uh, a great reason to change it, but also that's just my opinion. Um, I have no control over it, um, and you know, I don't. It it's not a deal breaker for me, just uh, especially because like no, it didn't change that much. But um, once again, I'm 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 not I'm not ever really gonna like how they changed it, but I can see the other side of the story, and I can see. Um, how, why they did it, I guess, in, in two senses, um, and that will really kind of do it for the episode today, um, thank you guys so much for listening, and, um, now that the college sports offseason is pretty much at its close, um, I believe there's 37 days left until the Tribe open their season, um, at Campbell, August 31st, wow, that's so, that's so soon, oh my, um, yeah, so uh, weekly episodes will probably start to pop up sooner and sooner. Um, yeah, I'll probably get an episode out recapping each week for football, stuff like that, and I'll start coming out with, you know, basketball predictions and, and recruiting and all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, this episode has been a long time coming. I wanted to make one last week, but I realized today uh caa media day was today i thought i would just kind of combine it all together um let me know what y'all think of what i said um give me your thoughts on the name change give me your thoughts on my um personal predictions give me the thoughts coaches poll all that uh let me know you can uh mention me on twitter at evan underscore mansion tweet at me dm me any of that stuff um but just thank you guys for listening um, and don't forget to subscribe if you enjoy my content. Four ninety nine a month. Um, don't forget to do that if you do enjoy my content. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.